0: Welcome to Podcast Homilies for Morning Prayer. I'm Father Ron Shibley, founder and director of the Anglican Internet Church, Inc. This new series is part of the AIC's continuing celebration of its second decade on the web. This series of Podcast Homilies for Morning Prayer is based upon the appointed psalm reading in the Psalms and Lessons for the Christian Year lectionary on prayer book pages X to XLI primarily using the first pairing, which always includes a gospel reading as the second lesson. The second or third pairing of psalms and lessons are used only where necessary to avoid repeat reading of the same psalm in the series. Other variations from these general guidelines are pointed out in individual podcasts. Each podcast homily in this series includes a full reading of the text of the appointed psalm or psalms, followed by commentary on key words and phrases and concepts, with special attention paid to examples of the study discipline of Christology, which looks for pre-incarnation appearances of or references to Christ in the Old Testament. Since Jesus Quoted so often from it in the gospel accounts, the book of Psalms is often called Christ's prayer book. Each of these podcast homilies includes summary commentary on the first and second lessons appointed in the lectionary. Listeners to these podcast homilies are strongly encouraged to visit the Father Ron's blog page on the AIC website, which is accessible using the tabs at the top or the bottom of all pages. For this podcast, I have posted an illustration on the subject matter of this podcast for Second Sunday After Epiphany, and it is a page from Psalm 29 from the Bohun Psalter and ours, made in the second half of the 14th century. A second illustration from the Stuttgart Psalter is actually produced in our new book, the Prayer Book Psalter Picture Book Edition. Two further points of technical interest before I proceed to the psalm text. First, since many of the images are derived from the Vulgate Bible, I take this opportunity to explain the difference in numbering between the Vulgate translation and the English system. In the Vulgate version, based on Jerome's 4th century translation, which became the official Bible of the Roman Catholic Church in the 16th century, Psalm 8 and Psalm 9 are a single psalm. This has the effect of making all the psalms from Psalm 10 to Psalm 150 off by one number. For example, Psalm 29 and Psalm 99 in today's reading from the Book of Common Prayer are Psalm 28 and Psalm 98, respectively, in the Vulgate. The second issue presented here for those listeners not familiar with Anglican worship is that the texts of the Psalter in the 28th Book of Common Prayer are not the same as the Vulgate, nor are they the same as the Psalm text in the King James Version. The Book of Common Prayer translation used since the first English Book of Common Prayer in 1549 is based upon Miles Coverdale's Great Bible of 1539 which was the first official Bible in English commissioned by the Church of England. By the time the King James Version, commonly called the KJV, was published in 1611 using a new translation based upon the Masoretic text. The Coverdale translation of 1539 was so well accepted and so familiar to the English people who had heard it read in services by then for over 70 years that the prayer book's editors decided to retain the Coverdale text for the Psalms only. All other scripture text in the Book of Common Prayer uses the 1611 King James translation. Coverdale provided a helpful transition between the two systems by including each psalm's opening words in Latin, and this practice is still used in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer. For more on the season of Epiphany, including its history and how it is celebrated in the Anglican worship tradition, watch the AIC's Video series, Epiphany, the Manifestation of Christ to the Gentiles, presented in three episodes, linked from the digital library page, with podcast versions linked from the podcast archive page at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. The psalm readings for Second Sunday After Epiphany are Psalm 29, paired with Psalm 99. Psalm 29 is a 10-verse psalm attributed to David. The opening words of the psalm in Latin, in Vulgate Latin, are Aferte Domino. Ascribe to the Lord, O ye mighty. Ascribe unto the Lord worship and strength. Ascribe unto the Lord the honor due unto his name. Worship the Lord with holy worship. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. It is the glorious God that maketh the thunder. It is the Lord that ruleth the sea. The voice of the Lord is mighty in operation. The voice of the Lord is a glorious voice. The voice of the Lord breaketh the cedar trees. Yea, the Lord breaketh the cedars of Lebanon. He maketh them also to skip like a calf. Lebanon also, and Syrian, like a young unicorn. The voice of the Lord divideth the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shaketh the wilderness, yea, the Lord shaketh the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord maketh the hinds to bring forth young, and strippeth bare the forest. In his temple doth everything speak of his honor. The Lord sitteth above the water flood, the Lord remaineth a king forever. The Lord shall give strength unto his people, the Lord shall give his people the blessing of peace. Psalm 29 is the ninth of a series of ten psalms known as the Passion Psalms. Many in the Eastern tradition and among the early patristic fathers, including St. Augustine of Hippo, saw in Psalm 29 allusions to the various manifestations of Christ from the Greek Epiphaneia. Orthodox Christians seize upon the Epiphany connection in verses 3 and 4, using Psalm 29 as in their liturgical celebration of the baptism of Christ, equating the voice of the Lord in verses 3, 4, 5, 7, and 8 with the heavenly voice that spoke from the heavens after his baptism in the Jordan by John the Baptist, described in Matthew three seventeen. St. Augustine wrote, The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The voice of Christ is among the people. The Lord Jesus himself, after that, he sent forth, and in edit- an editor's note, please note that some translations say manifested his voice upon the peoples and struck them with awe and converted them to himself and dwelt in them. The literal minded Reformation Study Bible interprets voice of the Lord as meaning thunder, and the image of God the King is explained as signifying a military victory in a battle among the Canaanites. St. Augustine, moved by the spiritual meaning of the text, compared the earthly battle described in Psalm 29 with the eternal battle between good and evil. For the Lord will give strength to his people, fighting against the storms and whirlwinds of this world, for peace in this world he hath not promised them. Augustine saw the voice of the Lord in verse 7a from the Christological perspective as Christ battling his persecutors, and in verse 8 as symbolizing the moving of the faith from the Jews to the Gentiles, quote, abandoned by the Jews who understood it not. Saint Gregory of Nyssa, an Eastern saint, in his book on the inscriptions to the Psalms observed regarding the meaning of Psalms 29 and 30, both having some relationship to the building and, in the case of Psalm 30, dedication of a temple, that the physical reality of the temple is symbolic. Quote, if we do not exit this physical tent, our true dwelling place cannot be dedicated. Such is the meaning of the two Psalms inscriptions. Human nature has two aspects on life zoe, of the flesh operating through the senses, and the spiritual life from the Greek bios of the soul. However, he said, one cannot be joined to the other, for the cultivation of one means the privation of the other. If we wish to make our tent in God's dwelling, it is fitting that we exit this fleshly tent. Our house cannot otherwise be dedicated by him who renews us by dwelling in us unless we exit our fleshly tent through an aversion for this bodily existence. Psalm 29 verse 10b is part of the first antiphon in Anglican Vespers, which you can read on pages 114 to 120 in our AIC bookstore publication, Hear Us, O Lord, Daily Offices for the Laity. The second psalm appointed for Sunday after Epiphany is Psalm 99, which is a nine-verse psalm attributed to David. The first wor- words of Psalm 99 in Vulgate Latin are Dominus Regnavit. The Lord is King. Be the people never so impatient. He sitteth between the cherubim. Be the earth never so unquiet. The Lord is great in Sion and high above his p- all people. They shall give thanks unto thy name, which is great, wonderful, and holy. The king's power loveth judgment. Thou hast prepared equity. Thou hast executed judgment and righteousness in Jacob. O magnify the Lord our God, and fall down before his footstool, for he is holy. Moses and Aaron among his priests, and Samuel among such as call upon his name. These called upon the Lord, and he heard them. He spake unto them out of the cloudy pillar, for they kept his testimonies and the law that he gave them. Thou hurtest them, O Lord our God, thou forgavest them, O God, though thou didst punish their wicked doings. O magnify the Lord our God, and worship him upon his holy hill, for the Lord our God is holy. Psalm 99 is the fourth of five songs of praise and thanksgiving that end with Psalm 100. The literal text is an account of the Jewish understanding of God seated on the mercy seat between the cherubim and of the proper way to worship him. It makes reference to the priestly worship practices of Moses and Aaron and Samuel, who call upon his name, mentioned in verse 6, and in verse 7b, kept his testimonies and the law that he gave them. Early Christians, especially readers of the Septuagint Old Testament, saw the footstool in verse 5 as Christ. The Eastern Liturgy for the Exaltation of the Christ recites Psalm 99 verse 5 in the same context. It is used at Ascension in the Anglican breviary. Others saw verse eight as the referral as a referral to the Jewish high priest, especially Caiaphas, who sent Christ to his death upon the cross. For more on the classes of Psalms, including the Passion Psalms, see the introduction to the AIC Bookstore publication, *The Prayer Book Psalter: History, Text, and Commentary*, which also includes the text and commentary of all 150 canonical Psalms plus alternate translations for Psalm 23 and Psalm 30. Additionally, for each psalm, there is a list of every use of it in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer. The book's glossary lists every person, place, event, and geological feature, geographical feature mentioned in the psalms, all cross-referenced to psalm and verse number. For more on the cherubim mentioned in Psalm 99.1 and the Hebrew understanding of the mercy seat, I refer you to the cherubim entry on pages 37 and 38 and the mercy seat entry on page 146 and the worship entry on pages 241 to 43 in Lema's Lexicon, a handbook of scriptural, theological, and liturgical terms. Jesus' trial before Caiaphas, the high priest, is discussed in two books in our New Testament series. The first, the Gospel of Matthew, annotated and illustrated in chapter 26, includes a first half 11th century illumination from the Codex Arius of Ecternac. The second, the Gospel of John, annotated and illustrated in chapter 17, features an illumination in colors and gold from a second quarter 14th century book of hours from England. The first lesson for Second Sunday after Epiphany is Exodus 34, verses 29 to 35, an account of the shining face of Moses coming down from Mount Sinai with the tablets of the commandments. The second lesson is Mark 9, verses 2 to 13, the evangelist's account of the transfiguration, which is the New Testament parallel to the Old Testament reading, both describing the shining face indicating the presence of God. Moses coming down from the mountain is discussed and illustrated in the Gospel of Matthew book cited earlier in chapter 17 and in the Gospel of Mark book in chapter 9. The closing prayer is the Collect for Second Sunday After Epiphany, adapted by Archbishop Cranmer for the 1549 Book of Common Prayer from the Gregorian Sacramentary on the need for supplication to the Almighty God for the granting of His grace, the grace of His peace to all mankind. O Almighty and Everlasting God, who dost govern all things in heaven and earth, Mercifully hear the supplications of thy people, and grant us thy peace in all the days of our life. Amen. Until next time, may the Lord bless and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you, and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you, and give you peace. Amen. Glory be to God for all things. Amen. This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. We invite you to visit our website and make use of all its resources at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net.